BGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 633, recorded on December 10th, 2021. Welcome to the 633rd edition of the TV Gaming Podcast and 466th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. I am Scott Dirk. I am Jonah Falk. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. Right, so there's not going to be much of a podcast this week because um, there's not much news except for everything coming out of the, the Game Awards, which, as usual, are complete and utter bullshit. The only reason to watch them is just to watch the commercials and see what people are advertising. And I think everybody was more concerned with with um, the game announcements than they were with, with who won. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think anybody thought It Takes Two was the game of the year for anybody. It wasn't even the best platformer this year. I like it was a good game, but it wasn't the best game of the year. Not even by a long shot. I mean... Could anybody seriously say that It Takes Two is better than Psychonauts 2? I haven't played Psychonauts, so I can't really judge on that, but I think it was a good game. It, it had good story and had fun, innovative puzzles where they, you know, you had to play with the other person and each one had a different ability to use on each level. You know, there, there was like uh, the... There was a space level we could, uh, the guy had to shrink or get large, and then the girl could, uh, go upside down, and there was, uh, the, yeah, the nail gun and, and, uh, hammer, and then there was the, uh, there was yeah, but puzzles. I don't know. Um, here's, here's my response Big whoop. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, that game was I didn't even know if it was better than the their previous game, um, which was about the two uh, uh, criminals, which was trying so hard to be the Shawshank Redemption. It was cute. A way out. A way yeah. out. Yeah, same yeah, developer. They actually game. all of their games have been these co-op games. They also did Brothers. Um, they also did the Brothers, Brothers game. Was really good. That was a this was good a- one. It Takes Two was a really was a very well put together game, and it was like video game potpourri because it wasn't a, it was like a platformer, but then at some point it was a puzzler, but then at some point it was a shooter, but then at some point it was a three D. It was like a Diablo like. Um, it was kind of a little bit of everything, and I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm actually there are other things I would have liked to have won the Game of the Year award, but I think actual offense at the idea of that being the best family game. I think if you sit down with a child and play that, you're a bad person. Yeah, there's some weird <laughs> things going on in that game. Like, there is some outright cruel things going on in that game, and that's not even, like, that's not even, like, going, that's not even, like, putting the fact that it's a story about divorce, right, front and center. And it's all your fault. The parents are apparently really bad parents, it would seem like, because the girl is, like, trying to talk to them, and they're, like, catatonic, and this doesn't alarm her. She's used to What's worse is that the child seems to have some mental problems, too. It's just like, what the hell? What's worse is that 
the parents don't like the parents can see her at all times and they're just like whatever we'll deal with that later right now we need to get back to getting large and divorcing so the um basically the the fan vote uh, reddit's game of the year was resident evil village oh yeah that that definitely oh. was uh fans cuz everybody loved lady Demestru. um yeah, but she was only like a, a small part of the game, you know. It's yeah. like she was she was the cover girl of the game, but she wasn't the game. But um, yeah, Resident Evil Village had a very, very, very. Uh, um, Are you following? No, no, that's not where <laughs> I was going. I'm not gonna say it was a bad ending. I'm just gonna say it was a very down. It was just a very strange end ending that should have never been a part of the game. I mean, I don't give a shit about the Umbrella Corporation. I know it's a Resident Evil game, but can we, can we not have Resident? Uh, can we not have the Umbrella Corporation in this game? It added nothing and it gave nothing. It was yeah. just like, oh well, it's a Resident Evil game. We have to have the Umbrella Corporation. I mean, you played it. You you played it more than I did, TJ. I'm trying to remember if Resident Evil Revelations had the Umbrella Corporation in it. Not sure. I know that uh, Resident Evil 7 had to toss that in there as as, as a very loose connection as well. Um, in any case, yeah, like, I played through that whole game. I wouldn't even say it's, the, like, Resident Evil 4 VR came out this year. That was the best Resident Evil game this year. I, uh, I don't know. It's not even up for debate. It is. I'm sorry. It's 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 true. It's Resident Evil 4 in its entirety adapted to VR in a really spectacular way. And Resident Evil 4 is already the best game in the series. Okay. <laughs> um. So we we I know that the only game that mattered that actually won was of course uh, Guilty Gear Strive for best fighting game. But um, I don't know. Did any of the others? actually have a chance at winning. I mean, the other nominees were Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Hinokami Chronicles, Melty Blood Type Lumina, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, and Virtual Fighter V The Ultimate Showdown. It seems like there was no competition. Yeah. um, Melty Blood was the only other competent fighter this year, and it doesn't have the following that Guilty Gear does, and it didn't do the things that Guilty Gear does. Um, Guilty Gear is a spectacular masterpiece of a fighting game from top to bottom. From By the way, present, we're, we're, yeah, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Um, and then I'll interrupt. Um, from presentation to music to animation to input, like controls, a game is Chef's Kiss. Um, you know, we should really be talking about what game games we've been playing. Um. But um, I'll just quickly say I started playing Halo Infinite uh, single player. Mm-hmm. And I will say this. I really couldn't tell the difference between it and, say, Halo Reach, except for the fact that you have stuff uh, icons on the map now. Because here's the thing about Halo. Even in Halo 1, open world wasn't exactly unknown to the game. All the levels were really wide open. And the entire point of Halo was that you could go any way you liked, on foot, on a on a on a on a vehicle, on all of that. Um, the story is really, really good, and the acting is really, really. Good. 
that that's what surprised me. I mean, um, the Echo Two Sixteen pilot is a really strong character. Have you played uh, Halo Infinite? I've been playing the multiplayer. I haven't. I was going to start on the campaign this weekend. Okay. It is <clears throat> without spoiling anything. It is really a nice surprise at how well it, it fits together. And you know, here's the thing. Um, people are saying it's it's you know what you know what game it reminded me of. Really, the very first Assassin's Creed. That's what Halo Infinite reminds me of when it comes to open world. The first Assassin's Creed. Back when assassinations meant something. Hmm. <laughs> I've been yeah, I've been hearing a lot of good things about like it's it's not only the it's gunplay, the grappling hook, and yeah. also uh, the uh, the interactions and the characters and voice acting I, I so far. I maxed out on the grapple hook, and um, now basically I'm Spider Man. <laughs> No, seriously, I'm like Spider-Man. There's a high wall. I grapple hook, wait a second, and then grapple hook again, go up. I was actually going a- across walls and upward, like like literally like Spider-Man. Um, if you get all the uh, all of the enhancements for the grapple hook, it like reduces the time it takes to do it, and then all you need is to get the special uh, the special energy sword and a grapple hook, and you're hooking up to enemies and just taking care of them almost immediately. Um, the thing is that the reason why it reminds me a little bit of Assassin's Creed is that all the bosses are these tactical affairs where you have to figure out how you're going to tackle them. Because not only are they a threat, but they also um, usually have troops around them. And so you're, it's like you're, you're, you're picking your spots. You, you know, you have to figure out how you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's a high level of ta- uh, tactics that are in Halo Infinite right now. Uh, Scott, what have you been playing? I've been playing Eastward, um, still going through that one, and uh, yeah, I'm just really enjoying it, and uh, getting new abilities. Uh, it's interesting, because like, Sam is really uh, the defensive character uh, who can cast shields on the enemies to stun them. Uh, she can regenerate you, and then you have, of course, John with the the gun and the flamethrower i just got the flamethrower and uh his pan which i've also gotten upgrade now in uh chapter three so i'm you know, doing side stuff which is fun though you know in all jrpgs or any rpg so i'm going through that and uh like i said having fun with that one i think it's a good story and good art and music and how about you tj um, gosh, what was I playing? I've been playing a lot of Game of the Year stuff to try to get a taste of some <laughs> of the things that we're talking about. Um, the one that I was most recently playing was, oh, I jumped into Tales of Arise big time. Yeah, I was about to say, well, that one best role playing game. That made me happy. Um, Even, you know, it's just nice to see a JRPG get in there somewhere. Um, just so you know. Four of the five nominees are JRPGs. Monster yeah. Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei V, and Tales of Arise. The only non, the only Western RPG in there was Cyberpunk 2077. And I, there are much better role-playing games that they could pick from. If they, I, mean, I would have liked to have seen uh, Cold Steel 4, but you know, I'm not really going to get upset about it. Is this here? Yeah. The, the RPG that I had most fun with and the, probably the one that I would have voted for best RPG this year would have been Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. Um, 
Just because. Was that? No, wait. Is, hey, hold on. Is that ex- an expansion or is it a full game? Pathfinder: Wrath of the Righteous. It's a it's a full sequel to Kingmaker. Okay, I was wondering. That title sounded like a DLC title. Um, it's very good. It, like the the choices you make in that game are so immensely vast. Like and and just even from the start in, in which you make your character, because there's like a hundred classes to choose from starting off. It's the best D and D game that's not named D and D. Yes, that is a very good way of putting it. Like because every everything everything in it is from Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you get to make so many choices, like the in dialogue and combat, and your in your very religion, the things you believe in, and then the companions that travel with you have special interactions to like the things that happen as well. It's it's very very deep and immense. I like Tales of Arise though. It's uh. I haven't played a Tales game in years, but I do remember loving, like, the action aspect of them. This is a very good, like, this is a very good Star Ocean-like game in a, in a time where there isn't really more Star Ocean going on right now. Because, like, that game was also all about casting spells and doing wep- uh, skill combos in a way that, like, it's not... It's not really fighting game like, but it is, like, close enough for me to really enjoy when a combo comes together properly. Um, but yeah, I've also been playing, uh, Death Store. Okay. I like that game. It's very cute. It's, uh, art style is probably one of the best I've seen this year. On Tales of Rise, do you get a party or is it just, uh, you by yourself? You get a party. You get a party of up to four and there's like seven characters to swap out with that all do different things. And some of them are straight up com- combatants and some of them are spellcasters. Yeah, I think I've always had a little bit of trouble with the uh, doing the combos and getting and trusting the AI to fight properly, and uh, yeah, it's always been a tricky game for me. It's similar to previous Tales and Star Ocean games, where you can let them handle themselves via AI, or you can give them direct commands. Right. So of the winners. Nominees. Was there anything that stood out to you? Um, Returnal. I was happy to see Returnal get some love. Housemark made themselves quite an interesting game with that one. I, for me, it's not a very good game. I, I mean, and even so, you know, it's still thirty dollar game to cost sixty dollars to start. That is always a that is always a nitpicky thing. By the way, did you see the news um, that uh, the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake for PC is going to cost seventy dollars? That is ridiculous. Well, that's the base game and the add-on DLC and the standalone DLC integrate. It's being sold as one package. I wondered about yeah. that because I saw um, Yuffie and I was like, she's not supposed to be there yet, and I guess that's the DLC. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Returnal, getting back to that, um, I don't know if it had better action than Deathloop or Back for Blood, to tell you the truth. Well, it didn't Deathloop end up winning. So like, it won its own award, yeah, but I'm just saying, Deathloop... They, they split it better. into action and then action and adventure. And yeah, I, and and like, it's called Total Bullshit. That's what it's called. <laughs> um, uh, so no, it's Deathloop just, won Best Game Direction. Well, it also won Best Action. 
best well no <laughs> it won best art direction and which I disagree with because um Deathloop just looks like yet another arcane game. I don't see where it had a better art direction than Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, or The Artful Escape. And oh, by the way, The Artful Escape got two nominations, and um, that was a game I always felt like it would get fairly unfairly uh, looked over, but at least the only problem is it's Annapurna, so I'm wondering if Annapurna shoved their money to get it nominations, like in a Disney-esque way, but it even so, that's fine. I mean, The Artful Escape really isn't a game, but it's an experience that I think everybody should try. Yeah. Um, this is one of those categories where I actually think Guilty Gear Strive was robbed of a nomination, because that is easily one of the most strikingly visual games I've seen this year. The I'm characters... Just, they're, 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 they're a victim of their own success. I'm sorry. What do you mean? Say, oh, it's, it's just an Arc Systems uh, game. We've seen what they can do. Pass. See, and that's dumb because. Oh, game, but here's the thing: Deathloop, though, <laughs> we see what Arcane can do, so it didn't get it. I don't know. I think it's because. Um, let me ask you a question: Did Arc System Works self-publish uh, Guilty Gear? They did. Okay, that's why. It didn't have a. It didn't have a publisher backing it up. Um. Yeah, you're right. And a partner was behind Artful Escape. Well. Kina, wait, was is Kina, Kina isn't owned by PlayStation, I don't think. Yeah. But um, either way, like, Guilty Gear Strive is like just a freaking orgy of Yes, I know. <laughs> orgy of colors and effects. Like it's got such a lush palette, and then no, Everlab was not published by Sony. It was it was uh, self published. Huh. You know, okay. It was self-published. But, like, the colors in Guilty Gear Strive are standout on their own, but it also did something that I have never seen any other fighting game do, and that's the stages actually affect the coloration of the characters. And, like, you, we've seen 2.5D plenty of times, but even in Street Fighter 4 and Street Fighter 5, there's like a little bit of shadow on the characters, but it doesn't. But the colors around them don't really affect their color palette. Whereas I'm gonna drop something in chat and 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 Stripe and uh, Skype for you to see. Like when you put, you can have two different stages with the same characters, and based on the lighting coming in from the background and the coloration, it will actually vastly affect their color palette. And it's phenomenal how how interesting and dynamic the coloration and, and palette is in a Guilty Gear Strive, even as a match goes on. That annoys me. They split the indies into best indie and best indie uh, debut indie and gave it both to Kena Bridge of Spirits. Yeah, that was silly. Although, so I would not. Here's the thing. Uh after playing it, I'm not sure I would have um, nominated 12 minutes. Yeah, a lot of people were wondering why that was even there because I've heard a lot of people. I've heard more problems with that game than I've heard, ever heard uh, praise. Okay, spoiler time. We're gonna do a spoiler for 12 minutes. I think it's the fact that the story is shit. <laughs> it's that the innovative gameplay mechanic is fine, but. You are basically playing a shaggy dog story about, again, spoilers, 
the fact that you were playing a guy who was uh, who impregnated his own half sister. Mm. And the best ending, the quote unquote best ending, wasn't the best ending. As a matter of fact, the ultimate ending was that you w- you made it so nothing ever, the entire thing never happened in the first place. What's funny is that um, uh, Yachty Kroshaw said that there was an ending in which he shot the invader, shot his wife, then shot himself, and it just relooped. And he, he thought he should have gotten an achievement for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I played Sable, and I, the game is clunky. I know what it's going for. But it's one of those games when you play it, it feels like it was uh, put together. It's barely holding together with bailing wire and rope. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised that Valheim didn't win Best de- Debut Indie since it's been on the lips of everybody. Oh, yeah. That was a really great adventure game and felt like it should have gotten more recognition. You know, you get to go on. You, you get the Viking experience. You know, you go sailing, you go exploring dangerous habitats and fighting every every time you're fighting it's 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 always you know i i hate i hate to use this term because i know tj hates it but uh, it's almost dark soulsian it's very you know you can get taken out pretty quickly if you're not careful you know and uh it's always very challenging game i'm surprised i'm also surprised that death store didn't win Oh, yeah, uh, that's a it's a really fun game. It's really charming. The 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 premise behind it makes death kind of adorable. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you're playing a, you're playing a raven <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's your job to um, to transfer souls. I'm trying to remember now. It's your job to go hunt down souls that are stubborn and won't and won't pass on to the afterlife. It's about to uh, have a nice death. Oh no, that was actually announced at this show. Death Store came out this year. Okay. Although um, one of the VR nominees was "I Expect You to Die Too." Yeah, which is a, it's a fun little game. I find it interesting that Valheim was in here at all because it's one of the only games in the entire nominees list that is still in early access. Well, here's the thing about Valheim: I think it was too big for them to win indie. It doesn't feel like an indie game. It feels like a major at the very minimum double a game it's it's definitely indie because it's uh it's, it's like a handful of guys i think it's only like five yeah i know i get that but i'm just saying the game's scope you know all these other games like the artful escape the forgotten city you know sable and kina they all feel like these small games that are just you know valheim feels like a like a triple a title even if it's just a few guys right yeah, and Forgotten City is a is a Elder Scrolls mod that became a, a a full game because it started off as an Elder Scrolls mod. I don't know if you knew that, uh, Scott. Yeah, you've you've yeah. mentioned that before. Uh, One of my friends who's kind of uh, staunch and uh, a little bit stony uh, describes Valheim as Conan Exiles, except less fun in every way. <laughs> Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I know that I know that Scott enjoyed it. I don't know if he still plays it. He's um still doing his uh, JRPG stuff. 
I mean, Valheim is, like I said, fun, and it has good multiplayer. I guess they could use a little bit more uh, chat improvements, but like I said, it's early access, and they're still updating it. I guess the uh, they're going to be adding uh, uh, caves to the mountains, and they're going to be uh, expanding the mist, uh, mist warden forest or whatever. I think that's going to be the next update. Um but I mean, like, I, I play it for different reasons, you know, than I do the JRPGs. The JRPGs I'm playing for story and turn-based combat. Valheim, I want to just build some stuff and be a Viking for a little while, you know? Uh, be a little sandbox game. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas JRPGs usually have a almost on-rails, this is the story, um, so you're, you know... You're what is that noise? Hmm? I hear a noise. Uh, By the way, Path, your Pathfinder Path of the Right Wrath of the Right just came out in September. Thought it was a recent release. Yeah. I mean, that's still kind of recent. By the way, um, that also proves why the Game Awards are such bullshit. Because of the strategy games, um, they, for one thing, they merged it with Sim. I have no idea why. They're not the same thing. I mean, Age of Empires Four should not be going up against Microsoft Flight Simulator. They didn't even but, put a... No, there yeah. are a bunch of games they didn't put on. They didn't put on uh, the the, um, the strategy games that they forgot to put on. I, I'm sorry, Evil Genius 2, it falls apart because it's... it's Evil Genius 2 had a lot of promise. But I would have put King's, uh, King's Bounty 2 above it. Heartbeat. Hmm. And Jurassic World Evolution 2 is a better game. Hey, you know, even though, hey, they're obviously using games that are in early access, they should have put in Darkest Dungeon 2. There's another one, too, that a lot of people have been telling me about is uh, is Dyson Sphere program. Yeah. Speaking of, there's also, um, oh, what's the name of that game? It, it, it just, I don't even know if it was released this year. Think about it, but Dicey Dungeons, which is a deck-building dice game. Yeah. It's, it's kind of elemental, but it's charming. Um, I can see why that wouldn't get nominated. But Age of Empires 4 won. Um, it's it's okay. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to play it at all. And um, Forza Horizon 5, un- unsurprisingly, won Best Sports Racing Game. There wasn't much this year. To, to give you an idea, MLB The Show didn't make it this year. Yeah. Hot Wheels Unleashed was above it. It's kind of weird because uh, <clears throat> I didn't hear anything absolutely terrible about MLB The Show. It's just it's just more MLB The Show, isn't it? Yeah. I, well, here's the thing, actually. Uh, I don't mind that it was nominated because it was worse. Because they did the entire NBA 2K virtual currency shit. And that basically completely destroyed the uh, road to the show. Uh, I'm almost tempted to to get a used PS4 just to play an earlier MLB The Show, which has which have fuller um, yeah, fuller uh, uh, road to the uh, show experiences. Show. Yeah, because Road to the Show and NBA and MLB The Show 21 was so boring. There was almost nothing that you did, and you had no personality. I mean, it's like 
okay, you're playing this game, boom, there, you know. It's just boring. Um, by the way, uh, need I mention that uh, Maggie Robertson won for Resident Evil Village only because she was Lady D. That's the only reason. I don't even know if she looks like Lady uh, Lady D, but... Oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they use okay. her face. Well, she's not nine feet tall, though. Good height, but uh, yeah, they, they used her face, and then they used angles and whatnot to make the lady very tall and imposing. Because it wasn't, she wasn't better than Erica Mori, who played Alex Chen in Life Is Strange: True Colors, and she wasn't better than Ozioma Agaka, who played Juliana Blake in Deathloop. That would have been my pick too. It it has to be difficult to sound that passive aggressive all the time. <laughs> <laughs> The big name did not win, of course. Uh, that was Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, because he spends, like, what, two minutes talking to you, and then you don't see him for most of the game, and then you see him in, like, the last 30 minutes? And you know who wasn't nominated, who should have been nominated? Who's that? Keanu. Keanu Reeves should have been nominated for Cyberpunk 2077. He was the only reason to play that game. Yeah. He was fantastic in it. <laughs> he was playing an utter prick and reveling in it. Have, you were playing uh, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. How far did you get in it? I got to thinking. I th- it was after I got. It was after the uh, corporation head was was assassinated by his kid, and uh, everything and went you sour. The best parts. Yeah, I didn't get too incredibly far. Keanu Reeves is. <laughs> uh, he may be a big name, and I'm not really a fan of him as an actor in film. But he was perfect for Cyberpunk 2077. He was just, he was great, and he should have been nominated. And by the way, we have our own list, by the way. What did you say? Oh, by the way, um, you know, Neo Replicant won Best Music, and I'm pretty sure you're really pleased about that there, uh, TJ. No, because Guilty Gear Strive had the best music. <laughs> of the nominees. <laughs> Um, I'm really know, pleased the Artful Escape got got a, uh, got noticed for that. Again, Annapurna, but it was deserved. Yeah, I hear good things about the music in uh, Artful Escape. Um, let me ask you a question: How was the music in Deathloop? Because it was nominated, but I don't remember anything about the music. It, it's pretty great. It's uh, it's mostly reworks of uh, of a very similar themed song throughout. But uh, it, it adapts to however you handle the game, and so I really enjoy. It. And there are some tracks that are beyond that are beyond like the 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 game music that are playing in the background that I kind of enjoy. There's like a crooner track when you're in a when you're near a, the musicians' club, and uh, I really kind of like that song. But there's uh, another one where you're where if you get into combat and you're fighting enemies out in the open and actively aggressive. It kind of sounds like the main theme, but they like adapted it to a form of uh, uh, "Hold Out of Love" by Led Zeppelin. It has that sort of same beat to it that, and I really kind of dug it. Yeah, adaptive like, scores are great. I also like when they take just like a like one particular tune, and they twist it around into like a hundred different ways that make it that give it different vibes. Let's talk about the most bullshit uh, category of all. That's most anticipated game. Or most hyped game. Although, you know, 
for a lot of people, Elden Ring, I can I can see that. I can see that because it's from software. It's a new game. And they released another trailer for it. And um, a lot of people said, yeah, there's the George R.R. R. Martin influences right there. And I was, I'm, I'm anticipating uh, Breath of the Wild 2 more, but yeah, I guess uh, Elden Ring is the most one. Well, the nominees were Elden Ring, which one? God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, Breath of the Wild 2, and Starfield. And I have to admit, I'm looking forward to Starfield because it's looking better and better and better. Every single little smidgen of, of, um, of information that comes out about it this makes me a little bit more excited, you know, and that's rare for me because usually it's I'm excited then I just get um, what it's gonna be. Um, so, um, did you see the new trailer, uh, TJ, for Elden Ring? I did. I really enjoyed the music in that trailer too. I'm I, I'm really excited. I, I love From Software soundtracks, and the music in that particular story trailer was. Uh, it got me, it gave me a little bit of goosebumps. <laughs> like I said, uh, it's nice they're getting away from you know Demon Souls and um, Dark Souls trilogy and Bloodborne are great games, but sometimes it's just they get they can get too oppressive, you know. Mm-hmm. And while Elden Ring has its dark moments, at least it's more of a fairy fan fantasy sort of setting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I think the option to stealth around encounters in the open world presents a very unique thing that you couldn't really do in, uh, other From Software games. Besides Sekiro, of course, but I also think that it adapted some very smart things from Sekiro in the first place. Um, I really do think that, uh, Elden Ring is still kind of from software on its same bullshit in a lot of areas. Because when you get out of the tutorial cave, there's a giant horseman on, uh, there's, there's a giant knight on horseback. And if he spots you, he will just run up and mash you into paste right away. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, okay. So this is, a, so that's, uh, that's, uh, Miyazaki being Miyazaki. Um, <laughs> But I do believe that, like, there are some things that, like, it concedes in that form of, like, oppression where you you don't have to fight the horseman. You can just sneak your way around him and not even bother to to engage him um, and come back later when you're nice and stronger. So let's talk about the important part of the Game Awards, and which has little to do with the Game Awards themselves, and that's the trailers. We'll do them in order. So first one is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the game. And apparently this one's going to be an asymmetric game, just like Dead by Daylight and Friday the 13th. Um, The one thing that they said was going to be different about this one from the other games is that it was going to be really, really, and I'm going to use quotation marks here, authentic. It says that they not only just recreate locations and characters, but they also recreated Texas as a whole. Huh. That's odd. I don't know what to make of that. Like you can wander around the whole of Texas. No, uh, no, just 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 seventies Texas. Just the, <laughs> the look and feel of it. I mean, I, I think you're going to be able to get far away from Leatherface's house. 
And I think that the area is going to be very authentic to the period, I guess. Um, and here's the thing. It's really frustrating for Friday the 13th fans because I don't know if either of you know this, but there's been a lot of legal stuff going on with that game, which is handcuff the game and they can't create any new content. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I did. It's uh, it is a it is a messed up thing, but um, it is worth noting too that it is Gun Inter- Gun Interactive behind this who were the publishers for the Friday the Thirteenth the game. Um, but it's also Sumo Nottingham behind this, which I think is a new. I think it's a new department of the of Sumo Digital. Um, either way, they uh. With gun behind it, I feel a little bit more confident in the, their ability to present this game in a good way. Plus, they're they're getting Kane Hodder to come back and and uh, reprise Leatherface, which that's just great. And Who else? Of course, Kane Hodder is also Jason. Yes. Well, four Jasons, <laughs> or maybe more. I don't know because um, was it Kane? No, he was he wasn't in Jason X, was he? No, he, he no, was. I know he wasn't. In, he wasn't in Fred. Freddy versus Jason. They use a new, different person because they needed someone who's going to look more innocent, you know. Yes, but he was Jason X. Okay. Um, um, and then what? You want to say what? What? You, uh, what Scott? Well, I was going to say he, he played Leatherface one time in Texas Chainsaw Three. Yeah, and by the way, I think he's also playing Leatherface in the game. Yes, that's what I was saying. He's coming oh, back okay. to play the yeah. character. He's doing the voice and the mocap for Leatherface in uh, the game. He's like, how old is he? Like 67 now? He's like 59. Uh, here's the thing about Kane Hodder. First and foremost, he's a stuntman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he do, does stuntman work. And, you know, being almost 60 is really up there for a stuntman. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the next trailer we're going to talk about is Homeworld 3. And um, there's a lot of people who are really looking forward to the next Homeworld because I don't know if you youngins know this, but Homeworld, the original Homeworld, was the first 3D RTS. And it looked fantastic, especially at the time. Um, before Crisis, Homeworld was the game that you had to test your, your, um, your, your uh, graphics card with. Hmm. Uh, no thoughts about Homeworld. I uh, I saw the the last Homeworld game, which was like a desert caravan game. It it looked decent. I just it, yeah, it I goes never back out into space. Um, so here's the story about Homeworld. Uh, Homeworld three. I mean, it started again. It started its life as a spiritual successor, and it took place almost all in the desert. For taking apart, and then uh, I guess we came a knocking. Uh, I think it was Randy Pitcher who came in knocking, and they said, you know, we're going to buy the Homeworld license, and boom. They said, okay, we're going to make it actually Homeworld 3. Hmm, nice. Well, it's it's something I know a lot of people have been waiting for, and it's good to see that it finally is coming up, because uh, I know a lot of people are going to be happy to see that next year. That wasn't even my favorite strategy game from the uh, show, but we'll get there. So the next game we're going to talk about is Tell uh, Expanse, a Telltale series. And I think the thing that everybody's shocked about is that, wait, Telltale is making a game? Yeah. Telltale's yeah. alive? Yeah. 
<laughs> I have never heard of Expand the Expanse at all. It's a book series and a television show. I know. I never heard of it. Never read of it. Yeah, I hear. I haven't had a chance to see any of it too. But I guess it's in its final season right now. And um, it'll be quite different from their previous games. So I'm assuming totally new team and new everything probably. Well, yeah, because the original Telltale games crashed and burned. So they kind of had to restart (laughs) the whole thing. Yeah. Um, What I hear and that I'm hoping is that there's actual lot deviations. Because they started to do that with the second Batman series in which... um, Spoiler warning for a game that's a few years older. You could either turn Joe, the Joker into his typical villain, or you could have turned him into a vigilante. And both storylines wildly different at that point. So here's hoping that The Expanse has a wildly veering bottom as well. Although, to tell you the truth, um, Telltale, can you do your own IP so you don't have to worry about licensees? Yeah, because that's what kind of killed them off is uh, having to pay for all those licenses. Well, it's not only that, but if you have your own license, you can do whatever you want with the characters. That's yes. Great. Which is why the two Batman games were so impressive. DC Comics said you can have Batman and you can make him in whatever universe you want. Because the Batman of the Telltale games is very different from any other Batman. Like his parents were mobsters. Um, you know, and um, uh, Vicky Vale turned out to be a villain and all that stuff. And it was done in a very um, respectful way. You know, it, it's like we're all used to alternate universes and people said, OK, there's another alternate universe. It'll be interesting to see. Um, so, Scott, you like the trailer to Have a Nice Death? <laughs> yes, I, I thought it was cute. It's funny to be the Grim Reaper and you're running around and it looks like a Metroidvania is as far as I can tell. Um, I like the color, the art scheme was interesting and it just looks like it'll be a fun game. Fun fact. It's a robot. Uh, fun fact. The lead designer and creator of Dead Cells is a consultant on this game. Very yeah, cool. it's a roguelike for one, you know. And it's it's going to have Steam yeah. Deck support. Yes. Which is interesting that some... I think that's the first time I've heard someone come out of the gate to say, this will work on Steam Deck. <laughs> yeah, it's coming out in early access in March. Oh, it's, uh, it's going to be 15 think, bucks. Uh, some developers, I'm not sure who, but I think that, that Steam Deck has been uh, shown to some developers to... You know, to make sure it, it, it does work. You know, the, the, the yes. Games, so that is Development kits are out in the wild. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, then you have, uh, let's see, what next game? So, uh, you also have Persona 4 Arena Ultra Ultimax, which is coming on PS4, Steam, and Switch. And not Xbox. Boring. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's yeah, everything's going to be year late for the Xbox. It's 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 not a um, it's just it's just um, basically doing the Japanese uh, uh, platforms. Here's what's and that boring sweet, about sweet that. PC money. Here's what's boring about that. Where a lot of games, where a lot of Arc System Works games, which this was a collaboration with Arc System Works. By the way, Persona 4 uh, Arena is on Xbox. 
not, yes. not the, um, just so that people know. It can't, like, the original game came out in, like, 2013, I think? Something like that. Um, they're not adding anything to it. It's just the, it's just a re-release of the last time that they released the game. They're not, <laughs> if, if they were, if it, if they came out and said, hey, guess what, y'all? Roll back netcode for Persona 4. People would lose their mind. It, <laughs> that would have made it cool. They didn't say that, so I'm just like, meh. It's, like, for, for one, when they got to the end cycle of that particular fighter, some of the characters are just so broken and lopsided in Persona 4 Ultimax that it's just, if you're not playing them, then you're not trying to win. I just hate it when a fighter is that lopsided when it comes to balancing of the roster. Uh, like, next, you have one. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, it works for Marvel versus Capcom, but not every game needs to be Marvel versus Capcom. Not according to Marvel. Every game needs to be Marvel versus Capcom. <laughs> you just have to remove the Fantastic Four and mutants. Yeah. Next, we have Wonder Woman, which. They only showed a teaser. Um, the only reason why I'm holding out hope for this game is that it's being developed by Monolith, who know how to use a license. Mm-hmm. What kind of, I assume it's going to be. I have no idea what kind of game it is. It's going to be an action game. I have no idea. It's it's being done by Monolith, so there it's Wonder Woman's in good hands at least. They confirmed that the Nemesis system is going to be in this game, which like I'm ooh. sitting here. I'm sitting here ooh. wondering. Huh? I'm saying ooh. So the here's Nemesis the thing. System TJ. Okay, so um, the Nemesis system is something that's in Middle Earth games, in which, um, well, in Middle Earth, if an orc, if an orc kills you, he becomes a captain and he has his own he has his own stats and he levels up. The thing is, um, I wonder if that means then if they're going to be going with um, there's only two ways I can see that working. One is if you're dealing with the new gods. And every time you kill a, a new god, they become you – know, or a new god kills you, they – or um, they'll be going to Greek mythology with that as well, either well, Greek know, mythology you, or, or, or dark side. And discuss the other half of the nemesis system. If you kill a, a, a captain frequently, they'll come, they come to, back. <laughs> yeah, and they come to hate you and, and, and very, very much focus on killing you back. Oh, you know, it's even better in the sequel, Shadow of War, in which you shame them. <laughs> so, yeah, I was interested to hear that that's going to be implemented in this. And uh, But it's Monolith. So here's the thing. They've done a lot of licensed games. They've done Tron 2.0. They've done The Lord of the Rings. Um, they did No One Lives Forever, which is not a licensed game, but, you know. Yeah. And that's if, if you're going to make a remaster of a game, I would like to see someone. But here's the problem. No one knows who owns No One Lives Forever. That's a shame because you know, that, that was a good franchise. This will be the first Wonder Woman game. I can't recall it ever being done before. Mm, yeah, I don't rem- recall a game that was basically Wonder Woman. Just Wonder Woman. Yeah. So, uh, moving on, let's talk about Alan Wake 2. They made Alan Wake look like Jake Gyllenhaal from Nightcrawler. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Um, according to the developer, uh, Remedy, um, Alan Wake 2 is going to be a survival horror game. 
Yeah, I can see Alan that. Wake, first Alan Wake was a third-person uh, game in which you had the light mechanic. I would still say that it had, that it had pretty intense horror suspe- suspense elements. But it, what, what, when they say survival horror, that tells me, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna have many ways to deal with monsters. So they're going the Silent Hill route. And you know the thing is that that's fine actually because Alan Hill and Alan Hill, Alan Wake really Alan Hill. That's the that's the name of the sequel for Silent Hill. Alan Wake does lend itself to an uh, to a Silent Hill type of gameplay. So. Yeah, it's also been long enough since the first Alan Wake came out that I feel like they can they can afford to be flexible with the gameplay. Well, they released the remaster for that specific purpose, and Microsoft put American Nightmare on Game Pass. Um, yeah. Um, there's no, unfortunately there's not going to be an exclusivity. It's going to be PC, uh, Xbox, and and PlayStation, and um. Which is good because, you know, this is the sort of game that I'm pretty sure Sony would have wanted to have a timed exclusive on. Yeah, but uh, Epic Games is the one who's running right. Yeah, they have the exclusive for Windows PC, yeah. Mm -hmm. The only bummer is it's you have to wait until 2023. Yeah, but it's better than nothing. Like this was this was in rumor hell for quite a long time. I bet you they haven't been working on it that long either. I think it's only been in rumor hell because people really, really, really wanted to return to the world of Alan Wake. Yeah. Because and it I, has fans. It has a fandom. And I think if you didn't have Epic Games buying Remedy, I don't think this happens anytime soon. No, what happens is that um, I think Microsoft uh, gave up the license to Alan Wake. Just sit here. Have it. Hmm. Was Microsoft still publishing them for Control? Um, no. I, well, they, they the game uh, well, the game was under their thing. They just did nothing with it. That's all. Hmm. Um, they, they they publish it though, which is why Alan Wake's uh, American Nightmare is on Game Pass, and also Alan Wake. So they just said, you know, here's your license. You can have it. They did the same thing. Um, you know, they they did say say with Studio M. Uh, Damn it! How could I? Free- the guys who did Cuphead. Oh, by the way, um, on that note, um, they announced the final DLC for it. I like the uh, the way they introduced that. They had that song part in the beginning, and then they did like looks like animatronic or. Uh, no, it's claymation. Yeah, claymation. I mean, sorry. Uh, it was very cute and charming to see that, and then they showed the uh, new gameplay. With uh, I forget what it. What is the third? The girl that's a mug or something. Oh, Miss Chalice. Chalice. There we go. Yeah, and they showed her in there too. So that was cool. Yep. And uh, the new power is getting some cookies. <laughs> it's DLC Island. I mean, the DLC is actually initialized. What was it again? Delicious. Uh, name of the, what was the, what's the name of the DLC? Delicious something. Something. I forgot. <laughs> For for what? For the Cuphead expansion. Yeah. Oh, delicious last dish. Last course, last course. No, it's yeah. it's the initials are DLC. Delicious yeah, yeah. Uh, that's number <laughs> two. I like that. Yeah. It's coming out on June. Oh, by the way, um, perhaps the biggest news of the day, the news that rocked TJ's world, probably can't stop thinking about, because it is such a momentous occasion. 
Tunic got a release date. Yes, Yay. Finally. March 16th. <laughs> I'm looking forward to finally. as well. Seven years, and finally they got a release date. Good for those who want the foxy version of Zelda. <laughs> yes, this was quite fun to see. I, uh, we've been waiting for quite so, for such a long time for Finji to finally put out this game. By the um, way, the, it looks a lot different than its early things. When I first saw it, it was sort of like um, very stark, but... The latest trailer, it looks very cuddly and cute and fluffy. Hmm. Yeah, it does. Very fluffy. <laughs> this game has always looked charming out of the wazoo. I love it. It's it's very... It's the closest thing somebody has done to, to putting together something like Zelda that looks as charming well, as Zelda. Yeah, I was about to say, um, there have been other games that are Zelda-like. <laughs> Remember, oh god, what was the one the game with um with the four horsemen, the sequel? Number two was basically a Zelda game. Darksiders. Darksiders. Yeah, Darksiders two was a Zelda game. But it looked nothing like a Zelda game. This one looks like a Zelda this looks like a game that you wouldn't be surprised was on an NES or a Super Nintendo. Yeah, Ocean Horn is like Zelda. Definitely. Anyways, um Star Wars Eclipse. I like that trailer. It was very good. It was very dark, very moody. Uh, it looked, it looked I like have it no hope for it it's Republic. Yeah, they have they have that um, unbuilt C three PO. You know the C three PO that Baby Anakin was working on. Well, there's different models of him, so I don't know if it is C three PO. I know, but that was the one that they showed. Yeah. Uh, of course, we don't know if it's C three PO. Right. It could be a different character. Probably is, but we'll see. And I know... I, I don't know, it's... The, the problem I have, it's, it's David Cage. Yeah. How much of a wet fart is it that they let into this with, we, uh, we recognize abuse in the gaming industry. Oh, God, yeah. And, and we stand <laughs> out against it. And, and we challenge you, the gamers, to be better. Now here's a game from Quantic Dream by David Cage. It's yeah, like, they, they had serious? a toxic work conditions uh, thing going on there too. There's a lot of things that have been going on. That um, did you see where Bungie had to apologize? Uh, the head of Bungie, not, not head of Bungie, but one of the higher ups at Bungie had to apologize for workplace stuff. Yes, it has been. It, there was a huge report from IGN to, that came out today that was about like a lot of employees that discussed toxicity and, and harassment and abuse at Bungie throughout several years. Which makes me wonder um, about Microsoft giving Bungie its freedom. Because say what you want about Microsoft, they don't tolerate that shit. Um, it wasn't Microsoft that gave Bungie its freedom. It was Activision, which no, no, is... No, 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 no. I mean, before that. Before Activ- they signed with Activision, before that. Oh, because Activision has its own problems. Thank you very much. Right now. <laughs> well, and that's the and that's the part that's the kicker is that two days after Calif- the California DFW uh, sued Activision for toxicity and workplace uh, discrimination, Bungie went on Twitter and said, "We have a zero tolerance policy against abuse, and we feel like every the industry should be better than this." You know. And then, and then this report comes out today. It's like, man, y'all should have shut the fuck up, huh? 
Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It's it's not it's bad when you have higher ups doing it. But the really damaging thing about Bungie is that the HR department knew and were just in, interested in protecting the company. Yeah. Uh, when you, know, you can have top and well, I'm not going to say you can, you can have them. I'm just saying you'll have people that you hire that are toxic and and you have to deal with them. And that's HR. And when HR doesn't deal with them, it just makes it that much worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Activision and some other companies are dealing with unionization. Yes. And now they've come out with, with saying, we don't think unions will make things go any faster. Yes, we, we, we implore you to give us more time. And if we fail, then you know what? You have the right to unionize. Like, if you fail, if. Did you say if? <laughs> <laughs> You've been failing for several years, and you kicked it into overdrive on failure in 2021. <laughs> You're being sued, dude. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't know. Incredible. Speaking of Silent Hill, you want to talk about Slitterhead? Wow, this was a I weird think, one. Like, Parasite. The anime looks so. <laughs> yes. This is this is basically Silent Hill with a Norwegian death metal orchestra. <laughs> Norwegian Parasite. death metal Silent Hill. <laughs> it did. It, it really did look like Parasite. And the messed up thing is that it like it the the beginning part of it like spun it up like it was going to be something Silent Hill, and then it just went and just all that the, all those down, directions. Down, 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 down. <laughs> Full Cronenberg. It was sort of like Redfall, you know. <laughs> it, it was it was pretty crazy. It just went yeah, it went full throttle, just crazy. <laughs> People so, turning uh, into monsters, you just see them well, come well, apart and come back. Let's together. rewind a bit. So this is this is being made by Kichi, uh, Kichiro Toyama, who yeah. creator and director of Silent Hill. And uh, the music is by, oh god, I forgot his name. Oh yeah, Akira Yamioka. Yes. But, and here's the thing, Akira Yamioka is best known for doing the Silent Hill music. This is a real stretch for him. <laughs> Well, not a stretch, yeah. but it's really different from Silent Hill's music. That's for damn sure. <laughs> they really broke a lot of people's hearts when they were talking about it. It's from the creator of Silent Hill because they're, that, the rumor has been for a long time that they were going to get the team Silent back together and make si- another Silent Hill, and then they and then they revealed this, and it's like what and the absolute f. Doesn't Konami here- still own Silent Hill? Yes. Yeah, that's why it's not happening. They own. Well, Contra here's the thing. Contra, also, they own Contra and, and and Silent Hill and Sukaden. None of that stuff's being made. It's just. But here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, they weren't going to make Silent Hill as in capital S, capital H, Silent Hill. People were expecting them to make something that was like Silent Hill. But you know what? Here's a, I credit them for saying fuck it, let's do something different because exactly. Bungie didn't want to keep on doing Halo, although Destiny might as well be Bungie. You know, um, sometimes you just want to explore, you know, and, and subvert people's expectations. And I don't know if it's going to be like Redfall. It's going to be a lot more action oriented. Hey, look, if this is if this is the creator of Silent Hill deciding he wants to do Resident Evil, good, go for it. <laughs> then maybe we'll. Well, actually, you know what? Resident Evil has become a lot more Silent Hill. So maybe this is him saying, well, yeah. Resident Evil, you're going to be a little more like Silent Hill. We're going to be more like you. It's very 
I'm glad you Go taken this direction. It's it, it, like you said, it's subverting their expectations. They get something new, like completely new, but still horrific. So I mean, this is the best of all the worlds. You know, this this is really the best result that I think you can can get. You, you don't have to worry about Konami or any of those licensings or rights or whatever. You just get a new game as horror. It's by the creator that you they guys love. So yeah. Don't worry about it. Great <laughs> all new fans. Yeah. So um next the other game that sort of raised my eyebrow is Nightingale. Um yeah. it's strange. I mean in a good kind of strange. You have Victorian people and it apparently is a survival game. Mm-hmm. It, there's so many Monster Hunter vibes coming from it, maybe because they have the huge monsters. Um, it it's co-op. It, it's it's definitely co-op. So basically, in this game, um, it's a survival game, and you're going through different worlds, and each of them have their different type of world. And um, yeah, I mean, like one of the things you have this giant guy just stomping on your house. Like, sorry, how was your house? Well, guess what? I'm stomping on that. It does look beautiful, though. It, it's using the Victorian, using Victorian steampunk as its science fiction. Yeah, I mean, and it looked interesting in its art style, but I don't know if I thought much more about it than, beyond that. It kind of made me, I, it made me think of a. It's a Victorian Valheim. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of follow the leader. It's very Japanese. Like, I mean, Japanese love doing the Victorian thing, and they love Monster Hunter. You know, and it's like, why don't we just mix them both? So, um, Sonic Frontiers. You trust Sonic Team? Oh yeah, it's an open world Sonic, so I'm sure you hate that. I, no, no, but I just don't trust Sonic Team. Yeah, I mean. People are, people do want people will always want another Sonic game, especially now that the movies are like out there and people are enjoying them. Well, here's they, the other thing. Um, what was the Sonic game in which you could create your own character, uh, all new character? Sonic Forces. Sonic Forces, right? I think if they do that, it'll be a hit because everybody wants to have their own furry fantasy character from Sonic, you know, and be a rad dude. So I think that would be the selling point of a Sonic Frontiers. That, but also Sonic fans want to be Sonk. Eh. I mean, I are you a Sonic fan, Jonah? I don't think you are. I don't get. I don't I'm ever a Sonic get the that you are. <laughs> I played Sonic since the I played the Sonic since the first one in Genesis. God damn it! So right, no, but like, I'm not I'm a saying, hater. I just think Sonic Team has done so much shit, and. Ironically, it's the Japanese Sonic team that always does shit. It's the American Sonic team that does the good stuff. Or, of course, the fans, as you saw with Sonic Mania. And um, thank God Sonic Mania 2 is coming. And I'm not saying that you're that you're not right to be a Sonic. I'm saying that there are diehard Sonic fans out there that... I like that, Sonic like, more than I like Mario. I'll put it that way. There, there are diehard Sonic fans out there that no matter how shitty the games are... They, they keep love it. demanding more Sonic. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, I don't know about that. I mean, when Sonic 2006 came out, even they said no. Sucks. Yeah, but Sonic Boom was even worse than that, and they still were like, more Sonic, please. No, they were, please, more Sonic, please, make it good this time, please. <laughs> Sort of like people with the Mario RPG stuff. It's sort of like, please, can you make it like Thousand Year Door? Oh, it sucks. But no, I like Sonic better than I like Mario. So I don't know what kind of hate I'm going to get on Twitter now for that, but that's just the way it is. <laughs> so the big surprise to me, uh, Warhammer Space Marine 2, because I thought that I thought that IP was dead. Because you didn't hear a, were a peep about it. I don't even know if Warhammer Space Marine did well. Yeah, and Saber Interactive is handling, handling this. thing is that, you know, Sonic Spa- Warhammer Space Marine had a different feel than other shooters. I mean, in this game, you felt like a tank. Mm-hmm. In that game, I mean. And it looks like it's more, and people are really excited over it. Because, like I said, it's one of those... One thing, it's a major license, right? But the other thing yeah. is that it was a different shooter. You know, you very rarely get different shooters. And this one felt different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it felt more like Doom than Doom. So to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like you skipped over Planet of Lana. I remember that was a... Uh... Looked like you were running on a um, side-scrolling desert, big giant monsters, creatures. I mean, it looked interesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, Scott. Hmm? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Are you talking about a game or? Yeah, a game. Planet of Lana. I haven't gotten around to that. Planet of Lana. Um, I. I don't know if I, I even that remember. That it was it was at the Game Awards. I didn't see it. Planet of Lana. Anyways, um. Oh, I think this was in the pre-show, wasn't it? Oh, maybe yeah. it was pre-show then. But um, there was another one also, Hellblade Two. I know you skipped over that one. Oh no, I didn't skip over that one. That that one came after the the awards. Right. Well, we'll talk about that in a, in a moment. Okay. Uh, Dune Spice Wars. Uh, another RTS and. Just listen for the the kiddies who don't know. Dune Two was was quote unquote the first RTS. This was easily my favorite reveal from the whole show by far. Dune Spice Wars. That was a very yes. good reveal. I like how it zooms out of a desert city getting uh, blown up, and then you see this hand and all the sand spices is running through the fingers, and then it closes in. It was a very nice dramatic uh, touch. It'd be interesting to see what the um, what the factions are because yeah, House Atreides, yes, House Arconan, yes, so, I guess the Emperor. There was so, so much. Going four, with- oh, I see. There are four factions, and two of them have not been really revealed yet. Yeah. So like, there was a lot going on for this. Not not only do you have the movie success, I was I was still playing. I I, I actually went back to playing Dune to Battle for Arrakis a little bit this year just because <laughs> I had a nostalgia kick for it. And I was like, what man, I wish the whole games. And I and I was like, man, I wish that I would. Well, actually, I uh, I I fiddled with ways to play it on Genesis. <laughs> okay. Um, but 
man, I was like, man, I wish I could play a new Dune game with the movie's success. And then lo and behold, they drop this in my lap and they tell me that it's going to be real time strategy with four X elements. And it's being done by Funcom and uh, Hero Games. Shiro Games, who worked on Northgard, which is another good, decent strategy game. Yep, and they also did Evil Land too. So, like, this was delightful. I, I this was my favorite thing during the whole show. After I learned all the details. Yeah, I mean, we know it's House Harkonnen, House Atreides, and then two other. Um, I don't I'm think it'll be a spacing guild. I think it might be the Emperor's forces. I wonder if they'll bring back Ordos. I don't know. Um, I just like to see how they deal with Betty Jesseret. Cause I would imagine you're right. I imagine Empire will be one of them. Anyways, uh, moving on. I'm going to skip over Among Us VR because I don't care. <laughs> Star Trek Resurgence. Uh, we have a we have a new adventure game. Apparently, this is from this is from veterans that used to be at Telltale. It's Star Trek, right? Star Trek Resurgence. Yeah, that looks good. That'll be interesting. Interesting thing is, um, whoever was doing the Vulcan was doing his best Leonard Nimoy impression, and I'm wondering if it's supposed to be Spock. I thought it was. Because it takes place. It takes place during the TNG era, for one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be him. I'd say it could be him, but we don't know if it's him. It's just an actor who's doing his best Leonard Nimoy uh, impression. I, I, I guess I assumed it was him because it looked like him. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, um, Telltale actually um, did um, uh, uh, the Back to the Future games with A.J. Locasio, yeah. who, by the way, he auditioned for them by sending him a tape of him doing his best um, uh, uh, Michael J. Fox impression, and he wowed them. When you play the game, there's no difference. You, you you can't tell that's not until they actually did hire Michael J. Fox for the last episode, and there's a different difference because Michael J. Fox sounds old. Well, he's just, older I'm now. Just, and well, he's old and weary now. I'm just like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, so yeah, this is being developed by Dramatic Labs. Uh, oh God, um, the only thing that worries me it's it's being it's headed by Kevin Bruner. And uh, for those who don't know anything about Telltale Games, Kevin Bruner almost single-handedly brought down Telltale Games because he was the toxic one. And he was the – it's like – so hopefully he's learned his lesson. <laughs> I mean, it ha the, 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 um, this game has Telltale's lead writer, creative director, and cinematic director. So it'll be very much a Telltale game. I just hope that Dramatic Labs isn't the train wreck that – a telltale. And it's been a while since we had a, a Star Trek um, uh, adventure game. Yeah. What was the last one? Not 25th anniversary, was it? I, I don't know. The last one I played was Final Unity. So. TJ is silent. <laughs> Anyway, uh, moving forward, um, we also had the Halo TV series uh, ad, and um, 
one thing that concerns me about that is it's going to have Master Chief in it. And why is that a concern for me? Well, here's the thing. Halo Infinite is a little bit different, but for the most part, Halo Chief is a personality vacuum. He doesn't really talk that much. He... He'll... They already showed that they can do that with uh, Mandalorian and, and the the Mandalorians. I don't think that's Bubba Fett or. And guess what, Halo? I'm you know Halo is basically really inspired by Mandalorian. You can tell because it has the same exact look. Basically, you have a character that's in a helmet and you don't really see his face and you don't you know. Well, it isn't only that, um, but. Oh, uh, well, you know what? Boba Fett wasn't that talkative either, so I can't really say anything. About it. Yeah, like three lines. <laughs> yeah, but still, um, I saw some other faces. I think they're going to be what drives the plot. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking forward to it, you know? It's just interesting to see when this is going to take place in the Halo, because it's obviously not going to be taking place in the current Halo Infinite universe. And I'm wondering if this is pre Halo, like pre, even pre contact and pre, uh, pre reach. You know, when, when Master Chief was new. And there's a lot of subtle hints they're going to be dealing with his childhood. For those who don't know, uh, Master Chief was a Flash clone who was stolen when he was a young kid and replaced with Flash clone, which immediately died, and he had some nasty shit done to him. So, um, TJ, you there? I think TJ is not with us right now. I don't know, did we lose him? I hear something. Is that you? I, yeah. That slapping noise, you, or is that? No, it's him. I'm not doing that. Okay, so he's doing something without us. He might be having a malfunction. Oh, there he is. I think he's back. DJ? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, we can hear you now. Fucking thing? Yeah, okay, good. Um, We're talking about Halo. I know. I've been. I was talking for a while and I couldn't Aww. get through. Skype decided that my mic was not want, my mic did, anymore. Did you want to talk about Star Trek then? Oh no, I was gonna say that. Uh, okay. Halo. It's a very interesting thing that they're just like going back to the very beginning with this Halo TV series because I don't know. Like, the story's been told. Why? I guess retellings are a big thing because they keep doing that with the Resident Evil live-action TV shows and movies too. I'm still waiting for the Mass Effect TV series, and and uh, Bioware has always said there's always been offers for it, but they are not going to do it until they have the right thing. Because I would rather explore the Mass Effect universe, to tell you the truth, because it has very interesting alien characters and places to visit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I agree with you that like it's it's interesting to see like him. I I wonder they show that kid and I don't know if they're going back to the very 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 beginning of the or Spartan you just program. need flashbacks really. Yeah. Because they haven't shown the co- they haven't shown the covenant yet in this. No. Um. See, here's the thing. The entire Spartan Corps was meant to deal with um, insurrection groups in UNSC, you know. So this may be taking place during the first invasion of the Covenant. Or just before before the Covenant invade. I, 
I'm willing to bet you the first season will be the last episode of the first season of the of the uh, show will be the Covenant invading. Hmm. Maybe so. So basically, it'll be like a retelling of Reach. <laughs> no, that's even before Reach. And by the way, Contact Harvest was the um, was the thing that was destroyed before Reach. Oh. Hmm. Uh, so you want to talk about Arc Raiders? Because I really don't know what to think about it. <laughs> um. I don't know what to think about this one either, to be honest. It's just a PvE shooter. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's it's from whom? Who is doing this? Uh, let's see. Well, here's the thing. It's um, an indie game, basically. And it's being done by... Uh, Former EA Chief Design Officer Patrick Soderlund. Yeah, I don't know really. There have been so many third-person shooters that have kind of come out in similar events. <laughs> it doesn't strike me as all that interesting. Anyways, uh, let's talk about Hell Hellblade Two: uh, Senuous Saga. That, and uh, they not, said that was actual gameplay. I was not expecting to see a uh, giant taint during the game awards. <laughs> it, was, it was a it was a giant. Uh, I, I I don't know. It almost. I don't like know. Here's baby. the thing. Did anybody else get um? Oh damn! What's the name of that game by Team Ico? Uh, Shadows of the Colossus feelings from that. Yeah. Like I had more sympathy for the giant than I did the people who were attacking him. Yeah. They lit him on fire all the way down to his taint. Well, I, I imagine this giant has been eating her people, so that's probably why they're attacking. Yeah, but um, for one thing, for those who don't know anything about uh, Senua, she has a lot of hallucinations. Uh-huh. And at the very end of the thing, he says, help me, Senua. I knew you. We don't. Uh, you don't know what's real and what's not real in that in either game, to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. It's wild. The, that game, that whole trailer looked wild. And the and the most interesting part of it was that that was all done in engines. That's like what the game is going to look like when no, you're that was actual gameplay. Yeah, yeah. He, those yeah, spheres. Yeah, he he said that didn't he? Like he couldn't believe this was gameplay, but it really was. It looked like a cutscene, and you know, here's the thing. There's no reticle. There's no aiming reticle. So, you, so when they're showing the spheres, you know, you really don't. The only thing I'm worried about is I hope it isn't a press X not to die kind of game. I hope there's actual combat instead of quick time events. You know, I mean, throwing the spheres is not a quick time event, but it just screams of of a game that's really on the rails. Yeah. Wait, which one? The uh, Hellblade Two. Yeah, but like that—that's the thing, right? Is it's a super tight narrative, and they have a very compelling story to tell. Yeah, I I I kind of appreciate that. Yeah, this isn't going to be an open world game. This is going to be very specific, like you're saying, a very tight story, and there's something they want to tell, and they don't want to be like. Let's go, uh, we have to, uh, a mission to go on. Hey, wait, I gotta go fishing real quick, you know? 
that kind of thing. So they'll, they, you know, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, that giant thing is an illusion or what's going on there. Remember, this is an Unreal Engine Five game. Yeah, and it, somebody at Ubisoft hears the premise of that and is just sitting in their office like, "What the fuck? Where's the bullshit and fluff?" <laughs> <laughs> The filler. We need filler. She didn't even climb a single tower during that whole preview. <laughs> She's not collecting anything. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still looking more forward to Starfield. Grim and dark. Yeah, there wasn't any Starfield. Yeah. Wasn't any Indiana Jones. No, they had. They actually released some information after the show. Just, just okay. little triplets of information. And I'm still looking forward to Starfield, though. That's or so. Eleven, eleven, twenty-two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can't do. Uh, they can't do the fancy one they did when uh, Skyrim came out. <laughs> oh, that was good. Oh, yeah. Just wait until next the next game they release a fall off uh, six is going to be eleven eleven thirty three. Okay. Uh... Oh no, I think that's Elder Scrolls six. You know what? They didn't have any Elder Scrolls six games. Um, I'm downvoting it. Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they so, gave away a bunch of game codes. It looked like. For what? For I don't uh, know. It was, just, it was scrolling on on by when. Um, Pete Hines, I think it was, was talking. Oh, okay. That was a weird promo. They had a whole bunch of text going by that I assumed was game codes, and I think another company did the same thing where they flashed some Xbox game codes. Or they, I mean, I don't know what else that was. No, yeah. it was probably, uh, you know, beta testing codes. Uh, uh, so, which... Which upcoming game interests you the most? You already said Dune Spy Wars, DJ. I did. That is the one. Uh, for me, it's Slitterhead, just because it's just so batshit crazy. Um, there was another one. Because I, I, during the show, I, I kept writing down names of games. Well, we didn't discuss Modern Hustle Rise, Sunbreak. We didn't dis- discuss Chivalry 2, House of Aberfell. Or Gollum game. I'm not, uh, we don't care. I don't care about the remake of Final Fantasy VII, $70 game as it is. I don't I care about actually, which game for Destiny 2. I am actually interested in the Golem game. That's just such a weird premise. That is a weird premise for a game. Somebody yeah. sat down and, sa- and, and started writing up the pitch that was just like, what if you played as Golem? And it was like a oh, Gollum Middle Earth story. Did, did they did they show anything for that? <laughs> yeah. They did. They did a they did a uh, they did a cinematic trailer in which they explore oh, a split person. I mean, you didn't play the Middle Earth games, did you? I mean, because what did you, you deal with Gollum a lot, and I can easily see how he could be incorporated into that kind of game. But it's not that kind of game. It's a Daedalic game in which you. It's a stealth action game as well. Yeah, that's precisely it. So is Middle Earth, basically. I mean, stealth is a big part of Middle Earth: uh, Shadow of either Mordor or War. But you play a dude that can cut people in half. Gollum is a little definitive yeah, troll, troll man. I get that. Yes, I know. <laughs> and like the Daedalic is uh, is big on story. They they've always been like 
adventure storyteller point and click stuff. This is like you 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 battle between Gollum and Smeagol's personalities and the choices that you make in the game tilt the balance of who of which personality has more dominance, which I think is an is a really interesting concept for as far as like a stealth action game in which you have choice goes. And but, you think that's more strange than giant monster team? I don't think it's strange. I think it's intriguing. I think it's I think it's very I think it's strange that somebody decided to write a whole dang game for Gollum himself. Why not? I mean, he's he's he was a hot property for a long while. The Gollum? problem is that the uh, yeah the problem is that um big problem is that the Hobbit when was the last Hobbit movie? Twenty fifteen. Right. Was, yes. So long time in developing. But like, but what I'm saying is like Gollum is like. Why would you think it's so strange? I don't get it. I've I've seen weaker characters have their own games. Gollum is like the tingle of he he's like Zelda's tingle, but in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> if tingle was an asshole. Yes, if tingle was a cannibalistic asshole. You know, speaking of which, um, you know what game I'd really like to see being made, and that's The Wolf Among Us too. But you play an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they already Who has two different personalities. I think they already modded that in with the gesture and whatever other roles. They're, they're doing the uh, um, Salem roles, adding in other... What critters. are you talking about? Among Us. You said Among Us. You said... No, I said the Wolf Among Us. Oh, a Wolf Among Us. Sorry. Yes, the the Fables game with Big B. Sorry, all mm-hmm. I heard was Among Us. So, Sorry. I don't care about Among Us. I know you. Monsters can die in a fire. Worst four dollars I ever spent. Jeez. I I am a um, I'm a hidden role aficionado, right? And Among Us is like I don't know a McDonald's Happy Meal. There are much better hidden role games like Town of Salem. Um, I just did a, I just, I backed a game, uh, Republic of, no, name of it? I don't remember now. Um, let's see, is it Republic of Tyranny? Uh, because it's basically a furry version of, a oh, Republic of Jungle. It's basically a furry version of, um, of Avalon. Hmm. And, you know. Did you talk about Steel Rising? I'm not sure. No. You want to? I don't know. I just thought you wanted to cover all the bases or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not covering Thirsty Suitors either. Yeah. I don't know. The games I'm looking forward to are the Star Trek game and Star Wars. I mean. What a nerd. You're such a nerd. Okay. Such a nerd. I didn't, I didn't. Star Trek and Star Wars. <laughs> what about Battlestar Galactica? What about Firefly? Huh? Don't you want to see a new Firefly? Was Was there ever a Firefly game? No, there's no nope. Firefly game. There is a Firefly board game, which is sort of like the BSG uh, board game, but there's no, there's no Firefly game. That's sad. They, sh- they also finally showed gameplay, or at least in-engine stuff, for Suicide Squad. 
Um, you mean Suicide Squad versus the Justice League? Mm-hmm. They showed Flash in there. They didn't show the other heroes. I didn't see them. I just saw Flash running around. But we got to finally see like what it will look like when you're playing the when you're playing the Suicide Squad characters. There's also that new Batman Arkham game. Um, I don't know. Is it Arkham? I know it it's, takes place. It takes place after Bruce Wayne kill, kills himself, or makes it look like he killed himself. It's uh, Arkham Knights. Is that the one? No, no. No, that was that was that was the game in which uh, Bruce Wayne blew up his house. No, this is the other one. This is the, this is the new one. And uh, Batman. Oh, wait, is it called Batman? Gotham? Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights, right? Right, and you have all the characters like um, you know, uh, Jason Todd and Batman and uh, not Batman. Um, Robin and Red Robin and Huntress and all the other. Uh, the four are are uh, Nightwing, uh, Nightwing, Robin, D- Damian Wayne, uh, Damian Wayne, and Jason Todd. Right. Ba- Batgirl and Jason Todd. That's five people. Barbara, no, uh, Tim Drake isn't in there. It's just four people. It's it's Damian Wayne, uh, Nightwing, Barbara Gordon, and Jason Todd. But I know I've seen images of Huntress in there too. So there's, they're going to have the other characters. You know, not a, maybe not as playable characters, but yeah, that, that she might be a tertiary character. Those are the four that are definitely confirmed so far. I don't understand why people like Jason Todd. Oh, he's edgy, yeah, whatever. I like Jason Todd more than I like Damian Wayne. Yeah, but here's the thing: Damian Wayne has a reason for being who he is. You know, Jason oh Todd no, wait, is just Tim Drake. Or... I like Tim Drake. Yeah, Tim Drake's the Robin in this one, I guess. Oh. Well, Damian Wayne's not in it? Yeah, I thought it was Damian Wayne. It kind of looked like a Damian Wayne design, but it's Tim Drake, I guess. Okay. Anyway, but I've never really liked Jason Todd. He is an edgelord, that's for sure. Here's the thing. They keep on wanting to make him an anti-hero. He only works as an out-and-out villain. He only works as an out-and-out villain who can be a foil to Batman. Everything that Batman isn't. As an any hero, I don't care. I really don't care about him. Yeah, like that's the whole thing is that he, Batman is like no guns, I can't kill, and Jason Todd is like all the guns, I kill, I only kill. <laughs> a great matchup in in Injustice Two when you have Jason Todd versus Deadshot. <laughs> I shoot, no, I shoot. <laughs> oh, anyway, but I didn't like playing as Jason uh, Jason Todd in. Um, the one before, um, well, uh, Batman Arkham City, I think it was, as, um, as DLC skins. You know, uh, just, for, yeah, because he was, well, he was the quote-unquote villain in Arkham Knight. Right. And really, I knew that the Arkham Knight was Jason Todd, because they, even before they released the game. No, he's not Jason Todd. And he just told me he's Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. When you make a specific denial like that, it makes me think, yeah, he's Jason Todd. And then they had all these things. Showing the death in the family, I'm saying, oh, gee, I wonder why they're showing me scenes from death in the family. <laughs> I thought it was more of an interesting uh, subplot in that in which I wish they had gone more with Batman being infected by the Joker's uh, ven- uh, you know, by the Joker and briefly becoming the Joker before fighting back from that. Yeah. 
I thought of that. That would have been much more interesting. But you know, getting way off the game awards, aren't we? So yeah, um, Twitter head for me. I, it's just just really weird. I want to see what weirdness it's going to be. I still haven't played Cuphead, by the way. It's a pretty proficient runner gunner. Um, also, I have uh, Disco Elysium, the director's cut. So I'm going to be delving into that new- next. Do you play through Disco Elysium? I have played it. I haven't gotten very far. I got a little bit into it. And I was just enjoying the, the, the you know, dialogue the, you know, paths you can do. And do How about you, uh, TJ? Have you gotten far in um, Elysium? Nope. I was waiting until it came to PS5, and now that it has, I'm probably going to play it over my winter break. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> they added that was one of the big things that, that not only did it come to PS5, but they did dialogue for every single character in the game, which that is a narrative rich game. That's a lot of dialogue for an indie studio to do for a game like that. That remind me of Blade Runner. I, I, I have a definite Blade Runner vibe. You ever play the um? You ever play the Blade Runner game? I don't know, it, just, it just has that kind of dark dystopian feel and. You're a cop, and... By the way, they say that... Uh, TJ, they say that Disco Elysium is one million words long. Yeah, I can believe it. There's a lot of conversation in that game. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, did you ever play... Um, I think it was in... What year? 2003? No, 1980. 1997, I believe, was Blade Runner. Games. Yes. Did you ever play that, T- uh, Scott? Blade Runner, no. Yeah, the thing about that game was that it was an adventure game, but it randomized who was a replicant. It yes. was a different a different game every time, and it had two voices from the original movie. Uh, they had they had Breon James, and oh god, I forgot the name. Uh, some uh, Joe Turkle who played um, oh damn uh, the 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 boss uh, who has his eyes gouged out by Roy Batty. Um, and the game takes place during the events of Blade Runner. So everything that's going on is going on while uh, Harrison Ford is running around. So you visit the hotel where Harrison Ford visited, and you find uh, Leon there, Breon James, stuff like that. And it was really good, and they have to remaster that game. Yeah. Anyways, um, let us know what you thought of the Game Awards. I know what I thought of the Game Awards, but I'm... It was a really long and drawn out commercial, but it did have some value in it. I'm happy it didn't to have seen to be three hours. I like it. Did not. <laughs> yeah. It didn't have to be three hours, but I also liked. Uh, I, I it's, it's making me appreciate when it's just one developer or, or publisher showing their stuff, like a Bethesda show or Nintendo Direct. The much shorter, much more concise. But I did enjoy the song bits that they did the music the musicals and I think I, I fell asleep before the last half hour or so yeah I wonder that, how many people fell asleep awesome. watching that I and I'll tell you the this. one Scott okay. and I'll tell you this uh, not much in the way of major Xbox uh, PlayStation or Nintendo shows and 
or showings there. And the reason for that is that they've all figured out how to do their own uh, showcases and they don't need Jeff Keighley anymore. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's nice to have um, those sort of an here's the thing. At least the trailers, there was more of an indie focus this year. Yeah. More indie PC focus, which is fine. And basically, you know, some games really needed to be announced. Um, like Slitterhead needed to be announced. <laughs> needed to have the, uh, yeah, what's it called? The attention. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was, uh, I was happy to see the new Elden Ring trailer. I was really happy to see the new Dan trailer. I need these stupid shows to be, I, I need that stupid show to be shorter. Like, yeah. stop. Like, do the awards, get it done, put a few trailers in there, call it a night. Don't yeah, and they had I, trailers before and after the show. I mean, while like, people were waiting for the stream. I, yeah. I guess they didn't have too many commentary joke bits like some of the other shows have had. It, it was pretty much just trailers with, like, a couple of music parts, one of them being actually part of its trailer for Cuphead. So it was, it was, it was just a lot. Maybe they could have organized it, like, on separate nights or something. I don't know. But yeah, so the biggest surprise for me, of course, was that Telltale was alive. Yeah. <laughs> Did not um, see that one. Yep. Yeah. And again, uh, I know for, for TJ, Spice Wars was the surprise as well. No one <laughs> The spice must flow. Control the spice, <laughs> control the universe. What was a big surprise for you, Scott? Uh, seeing a new Star Wars. Um, a new Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, and a new Star Trek. Uh, well, Star Trek was more of a surprise than Star Wars because, you know, Star, Star Wars always makes bank. And the fact that they're putting this Star Trek in the TNG timeline, that was a surprise. Because mm-hmm. I'm tired of the, the current... St- just so you know, um, Picard and these other shows are not in the Star Trek, the real Star Trek timeline, even if they say, well, they're taking place. No, they're not. They don't have the rights for it. There's still <laughs> subtle differences from each one. Oh, and God, I hate Picard. That's sad. But yeah. But this one. I really dislike the lower decks because that feels like. Uh... Rick and Morty does Star Trek, and it's just no, no. I would rather have a real live action show based on Lower Decks. Lacasio, I think, no, was his name Lacasio? Sita uh, was killed, and Ogawa was the other one, and Torik. Tor- I forgot the name of the of the, uh, of the Vulcan. Um. So yeah, um, like I said, I, uh, and it's funny coming out of this show. The only thing I was thinking about was Starfield and how much I want to. I'm looking forward to it. And there's no reason to have it released on November 11th, except uh, that Bethesda wants to have November 11th because it's their day now. Do that if they want. I mean, Mass Effect at least is July 7th. That's closer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, that shocked me. There's no, there was no Mass Effect trailer. They're not think about Mass Effect at all. They're not coming out with a Mass Effect until like 2025. 
No, no, that's not true. They already have. They've already released some information about it, and some. So it's coming. It's coming like in 2022. I mean, at 2023. It's just I'm surprised they didn't do anything about it. They didn't show anything mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And Dragon Age Four, I think, is supposed to be coming out late this year. Mm-hmm. That I'm really looking forward to, because after the ending of Dragon Age Inquisition, I'm I'm hyped to see what happens next. Yeah, we'll see what. Ha- yeah, I I don't know if I believe in Dragon Age Four coming out in 2022, but we'll see. Anyways, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news and our Gaming History articles. If you enjoy feedback, leave us comments on our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, hit us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us iTunes comments. And it's ironic because um, this episode is two hours long, and we were complaining about the Game Awards being three hours long. Mm-hmm. Except here's the difference. We are a lot more interesting. I hope. Um, we will see you next week, and we probably won't see you the week after that because that's the Christmas vacation. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll. T- oh, um, one other thing. I think I am going to get the uh, new 4K TV. Oh, I don't nice. like replacing a TV that I already have that's working. But damn it, the Quantum LED I it just calls out to me, and it's the right price. Anyway, we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all.